Hey there, I am Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are or are working to become one of these breakaway agents, this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And even if you just get one thing out of this episode that helps you grow your business, that is a huge win. Hopefully you'll get a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Brett Jennings, owner and founder of Real Estate Experts in Silicon Valley, California. Welcome, Brett. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Welcome for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brett is an award-winning luxury home marketing specialist and also holds a certificate in negotiation from Harvard Law. In 2017, the Wall Street Journal recognized Brett and his team as one of the top 250 real estate groups in the USA. Wow. That is awesome. (laughs) I am so excited to talk to you. I know I asked you a few questions before the podcast and I have to say, whoever's listening is in for a real treat because you had some really different answers that I'm very much looking forward to digging a little bit deeper into. But in the meantime, welcome. How about if you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, thanks for having me, Stephanie. And uh, it's just super cool to be here hanging out with you and, and sharing with your audience. Um, yeah, I mean, real estate, it, it, I probably like a lot of people, um, I backdoored into real estate. Um, I know you you come from at least some of your family that you've got uh, several generations of realtors in the family. Um, where I came to real estate actually from the financial services industry. Uh, I sold I sold a business that I'd started out of college, um, had it grew it for about five years and sold it to an insurance um, group. And I, I didn't make enough money to retire on. Um, and I was kind of trying to think about my next moves. My wife was pregnant with our first child at the time. And after, I'm going to turn off my alerts here. After, <laughs> oh, <it's not> me. <laughs> no, that's not you. Sorry about that. Did I just win a million dollars? Yeah, I, w- I would hope so, right? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what, um, my wife was pregnant with our first and let me just turn off about messages. I'm just going to pause our, close it, I guess. Um, my wife was pregnant with our first and I um, was kind of trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. And she's tapping her toe going, honey, you know, you've got to figure this out. Cause uh, so I looked at a lot of different things. I thought about real estate because in financial services, my best clients owned a lot of real estate. And I, I'm a kind of person that believes that success leaves clues, right? You follow the, mm-hmm. the patterns and habits and behaviors of other successful people and you're likely to meet the same results. So um, I was like, okay, real estate. Um, I don't really want to be a realtor. <laughs> Honestly, my, and I, I, I hadn't, didn't really know personally any realtors at the time, but just my general perception from what I saw and, you know, the shopping cart advertising or whatever it was, I just was like, I don't want to be that guy or gal. Um, so maybe I'll go on a mortgage, you know, it's closer related to financial services. So I, I, uh, and a number of my friends were doing really well in the mortgage business. This is like six, 2007. So I get into mortgage and the very first thing, um, you know, my mentor, uh, and coach kind of taught me in the mortgage business was all right. Well, uh, if you want to do well in mortgage, you better go rub elbows with some of the best realtors because that's where you'll get your purchase loans, which you'll need to balance out between the refinances because refinances will come and go. So they gave me the list of the top 100 agents in the county. Um, I was tasked with going out and getting face-to-face with as many of them as I could. And I used um, kind of a, a strategy because my I have some coaching experience in my background. Uh, coming out of college, I worked for Tony Robbins for two years, hmm. um, which was a great experience. 
And so um, I was reaching out to these realtors and uh, ended up meeting, it took me two months, but I met with 42 of the top 100 agents in Silicon Valley. Hmm. And out of, the, out of the culmination of those two meetings, two things happened. I ended up with accounts with five of the top 20. And also I realized, wow, like some of these top agents, they're actually pretty cool. They're not like cheesy, weird people like I thought they might be. Um, they, you know, they had great income. They had great lifestyle. Uh, they were, you know, doing cool things. And I thought, you know, maybe I could, could do that. Um, fast forward six months and the mortgage market implodes. Bear Stearns collapses. We start going through the financial meltdown and you literally couldn't get loans done. So I quickly realized, uh-oh, like my wife's pregnant. <laughs> um, I was actually generating clients and passing them on to my realtors and I was doing the loan. They were doing the real estate side. They were making two and a half to 3%. I was making 1% and it's now impossible mm-hmm. to do loans. I look up, I'm like, okay, the choice is pretty clear. I got to move over to real estate. Um, taking a page out of Tony Robbins book, I was like, um, you know, he, he was always about modeling and mentoring, right? Like you want to be successful, you want to find a, the fastest path to success, find somebody who's getting the result you want and do what they do, think how they think. So, um, fortunately one of the top five in the County that uh, I was working with extended the opportunity for me to join his team, mm. which I jumped at the opportunity. And, um, so I was on a team really my first year in real estate. Second year, he decided to go change careers and do uh, new construction home building and uh, kind of left me on my own, which was fine. And, I, and, it, and it grew from there. So um, started really in 2008 as a realtor uh, through the downturn. And I think that was super helpful because everyone I was talking to at the time said, boy, it's so hard, you know, but you're going to have it easy because this is just, this is just what you got to do. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so we, we really mastered the market of the moment during the downturn, um, became really adept at distressed sales, specifically short sales, built a short sale processing company, um, which gave us a lot of great listings and that were easier to sell in that market. And, uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I, um, I knew that that short sale business was going to not going to be here forever. And I knew, wanted to to be on the more of the traditional real estate side, but I knew I didn't want to be a solo agent. I liked building a company and and having and working with and creating success through other people. So started in earnest building a real estate team in 2011. Um, And, you know, just made a a lot of mistakes along the way. And so going from, you know, my first year in real estate doing 12 transactions to, uh, Last year, we did about 140 transactions for 160 million. And, um, you know, just continuing to grow and, and, and help create success in and through others. So that's kind of where we are now. Today, um, I own this brokerage called Real Estate Experts. I also still have my own team, which is called Brett Jennings Group. And I'm running what, what I would call a hybrid model that you're seeing a lot of um, top agents and successful teams evolving to, which is an independent brokerage where they run a team at their brokerage. They maybe have you know, a certain number of agents on their team. And then they have more of a traditional brokerage model um, on the periphery where more, more experienced agents operating at some higher splits, um, but still leveraging the brand and the tools and the technology and the marketing that we use to become a team. Awesome. So yeah, that's... So you're in production and then you have, you also have teams on in your brokerage then that also produce. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's right. So, so what happened really, it became, 
um, you know, through my own growth and development of my real estate business, um, you know, at one point for a period of time, I was with Keller Williams. Um, actually love Gary Keller, like phenomenal business person. Obviously, you don't build the number one largest real estate brokerage without just being a good person with some great, great, great ideas and great vision. Mm-hmm. Um, one idea that he shared that I've really kind of latched onto is that uh, your role as a leader um, is to consistently expand your world so that your best people can live out their greatest ambitions within it. And ultimately that's what caused, um, caused us to be in the place that we are right now. Um, I might not have elected to start a brokerage, quite honestly. Um, real estate team is highly profitable. It was limited in how much I could grow. But ultimately, I had people within my group that I had started um, help them become successful, and they want to continue to grow. And um, creating a brokerage gave me the opportunity now to have people who had been on my team for two or three years that you know are doing 25 to 40 transactions a year, and they're making 250 to 350,000, and they say, "Hey, I want to make a half a million to three quarters of a million." Um, it might not be possible inside the normal structure of a team, but, um, I can certainly help that guy or gal now, um, actually build their own team, leverage a lot of the systems and tools that we have and stay in relationship and, and create a win-win. And so I can tell you that philosophy of, um, expanding your world, uh, it, it uh, it certainly, it certainly isn't comfortable. <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. But real growth often a real growth often never is, right? Yeah. So it's got me constantly outside my comfort zone. And it's something that I encourage, um, you know, people that I get to work with and coach and mentor, you know, all the best things in life are typically outside, outside the circle of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The reward is great. But man, the, the, the process is definitely outside. You know, if you're looking for comfort, you're in the wrong yeah. Industry, growth, and, right? <laughs> growth and comfort, um, you know, don't, don't exist in the same space. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one thing that I believe is that like, I believe everyone has strengths. So regardless of, you know, a lot of people from real estate, especially get to show this because like you said, like people come from different walks of life before it and, and can succeed in real estate, regardless mm-hmm. of their backstory. And, um, and as a high achiever like yourself, um, it really speaks to the fact that you've leaned into what I call your superpowers. Um, and one of the things that you identify as being one of your superpowers is being skilled at uniquely articulating our value and influencing people to take action. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I thought that was such a unique way to say it. So I'm really excited to hear, hear your, you expand on that. Got it. Yeah, the, my, the superpower that I delivered in uniquely being able to articulate uh, our, my value, our, our team's value, uh, it really came out of uh, a necessity. I mean, it, no matter where you are in the country, if you're a real estate agent, it's a competitive industry because the barriers of entry are so low. Anyone can get into this game. We've got a lot of people who we might say don't necessarily deserve to be here um, just based on their skill and, and, and their work, you know, what what their commitment is to, to the business. Um, that being the case, uh, and the fact that we, where I live here in Silicon Valley, we have one of the most sophisticated, educated consumer base mm-hmm. in the country. Um, everybody for sure is a college degree. You know, most of them or many of them at an advanced degree. 
And so um, we really had to be able to kind of um, demonstrate, you know, our intelligence um, as well as articulate our value. Because, you know, I think this is a mistake that some people make sometimes. In fact, even some agents here and within my group have, have done this. And it's the mistake of assuming the relationship and not explaining the value or the, what you necessarily do or your process, because like your friends listing their house, right. And you're just like, okay, we're going to sign it up for 6%. Here we go. And don't bother to take the time to do a listing presentation or explain the process. Right. And God forbid, forget to manage expectations, mm, okay. <laughs> um, which is a lot of what we do. So they not understanding the value and thinking a realtor is a realtor is a realtor. Um, you know, then, then people can question your value. So our ability to articulate our value, like for example, on the listing side or our selling side, we have a market proven process to sell a home for up to 18% more on a price per square foot basis than the methods used by traditional agents. Mm-hmm. Um, on our buyer side, we have a smart home, home selling home buying strategy um, where we can help our clients get the best home for the best price. And we've saved our clients collectively over a million dollars on the purchase price through you know, skilled negotiating. Um, and other things. So being able to articulate that and then layer that into our marketing um, has given us definitely um, a competitive advantage. And so not only do we create results, but we've created a story um, around how we create those results and articulating that. That's really helped us. You've created a, what was that you kind of broke out? You created something about the oh, way you We've created results. Like we create, we've created, how do you build a great brand? You build a great brand on results. Um, In addition to just creating results and documenting those results and layering those into our marketing, we've created a story around our process, right? And how we create those results. And so for, for our market here, kind of people who are data driven and things that it really has worked out well for us. Um, And then to tie onto the second half of that, like really influencing, you know, um, buyers, I think all of us, you know, who are listening, if you've been in real estate, if you got into real estate after 2013, um, and even though you may have done a lot of transactions, you may not have sold very many houses Mm. because between 2013 and 2018, the market really was probably just going like this. And, and you didn't have to really influence people to buy, right? There's the velocity of the market was going up and people are like, oh my God, I can't miss out. I just got to buy this house. And if you were, if you were in the right, t- right place at the right time, um, you know, real estate was going to happen for you. And now we're moving to a place, uh, I think in the market where the market's either flattening out, depending on where you are, maybe going down, we're starting to see a little bit of that. And, and we're, we're now really needing to sell real estate and influence mm-hmm. people to make those decisions. So I think, um, yeah, coming back to superpowers, it's being able to articulate our value, explain what we do in such a way that it makes it like, you know, interesting, compelling, and, and then being able to influence people because the influence skills for sure are going to be needed as we move into this next market shift. Yeah. And I, I love that too, because, you know, <clears throat> when, as, as we moved to Billings, Montana, and so we got to know some of the real estate agents here. And I always say like, you know, when the market's good, everyone can make money. Like, right? yeah, totally. it, it, but when, you know, what you want in it, and don't you somewhat feel like you had an advantage in the fact that you started in 2007, 2008, 2011. So you really had to work at it. Like you, your Absolutely. ethics started at the beginning 
where your expectation in your professional role was that you had to hustle, right? You had to like get out there and make it happen. Whereas now people getting into it, I almost feel bad for them that, you know, if they think that the way the market has been, like you said, the last few years moving forward, they're going to have to somehow find a way to develop that skill that they didn't, weren't forced to develop when they entered the market. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting you you mentioned that because I think about, um, it was probably a year, maybe it was about a year, two years into the downturn. So 2008 was the beginning of the crash. By 2010 or 11, you had some of these um, homeowners who had tried to do loan modifications and they were kind of hanging on by a thread, many of them. And some people would hold on to their properties like tooth and nail, quite literally. Mm-hmm. And just as coming back to this idea that, you know, knowing how to, um, to influence people, um, either by articulating your value or, or explaining things clearly, um, we would have people, yeah, they would kind of, kind of hang on to the bitter end and then go through foreclosure. And I remember I worked with a, um, a gentleman locally that created a software program where we could basically kind of enter in some scenarios. We'd say, okay, well, if you get a loan modification, this is likely, um, you know, what your monthly payment will be. And this is how long it will take because you're currently $200,000 upside down. Meaning, you know, you're, you're, you, you have $600,000 mortgage and your house is only worth 400. Given the real estate market appreciation, it's probably going to take about four or five years or whatever to come back. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do you want to hold on? Um, versus sell the property, rent for a while, and then maybe buy back into the market. And so it was, it took a lot of um, like, it was being purposeful and, and thoughtful and really trying to clearly explain to people the benefits of why they should do something. But that, that helped us tremendously. And I remember there was one woman I met with, she was like, you know, I've talked to my CPA about this. I've talked to my attorney about this. Should I sell my house? You know, should, and she's like, no one has able to give, been able to give me clarity around this decision. She's like, she was teary eyed, misty eyed when I went through this thing with her. She's like, I can see really what's in my best interest now. So um, that was cool. That was really cool to be able to, you know, have that kind of an impact with someone as a consultant or an advisor and them in real estate. Um, And so I think, I think that opportunity is going to be there again for us as the, as the market changes. And we really, you know, it goes from just being a simple service provider to, um, advisor or an expert that's going to going to help help these people make these you know really life life changing or you know really really important decisions around real estate. You know, one thing I loved about what you just said was like the way that you explained the options that your client had. It wasn't like you were trying to push her in one direction or the other. You were just able to more clearly paint the picture of what each decision would have on on her life and and the future. So I think that's really great. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, come, it comes down to where we all like, what, where, what's your come from in how you approach real estate and how you approach clients? Like what's your, it's your core philosophy besides just being client first and having their best interest and being a true fiduciary to them. We've, uh, looked to embrace, um, a, uh, actually Jay Abraham is the one who kind of calls it the strategy of preeminence, Mm -hmm. but it's really more like a philosophy. And it it really is that you live to make your client's life better. And, and, and you know that if you really do that and you come from that place in your heart, that, um, 
the best outcome will be there. You know, if, for example, in our listing presentation, I coach and train my agents. I say, when you sit down at the table with them and ask them about what their goals are and what they want to do, I want the first question to ask them to be, hey, you know, have you considered trying to keep this house maybe as a rental property and pulling the equity out? Because although we'd love to make a commission, you know, and help you sell the house, if it really is in your best interest to keep this as a rental, pull equity out, um, and, and then buy that next property, that may be a good thing because, you know, our founder was formerly in financial planning and his best clients kept all their properties. So have you considered that? And I can tell you from experience, like I've gotten so many referrals out of that, you know, that dialogue, but not just the dialogue truly coming from that place. Um, you know, probably one in 10 or one in 20 times, they don't end up selling the house. But for every one that does, I probably got 15 referrals because someone's right. like, oh, you got to talk to this guy. He's really like, you know, that yeah. So that's pretty awesome. That's fantastic. I love it. And Jay Abraham's awesome. So like you're name dropping some of my favorite people. So um, lead generation and tracking were, that was another one of your um, superpowers that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and let's see, and running your business by the numbers. Those were the other two that you mentioned, lead, lead generation, tracking, and running it by the numbers. What habits do you recommend to other agents who want to use those um, strategies to increase their business? Um, I, you know, it's interesting. We're, we keep coming back to mindset, but you know, maybe that's where it all starts, right? They say mm -hmm. success is 80% your psychology, 20% mechanics or the things that you do. Um, one thing that our friend Gary Keller, I, my, one of my takeaways in my first year as an agent, after reading his red book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, was you're not in the real estate business. You're in the lead generation business and you happen to sell real estate. He said, if you, if you keep that idea or mindset in perspective, you will always do okay in real estate. Okay to great, you know, and that's really um, been one of the cornerstones that I've kind of thought about. And, you know, besides the fact like you, I love marketing. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it really positioned me to be a rainmaker. So I, I was generating, I was constantly thinking about how do I continue to generate more business? How do I continue to generate more business? And as you do that, you will have more business than you can handle. And then the next thing as a necessary outcome, you start building a team around you. And so I think that's a mistake sometimes that some people who are trying to grow teams do. They, they start adding people before adding leads and opportunities. And the growth of your team should be an organic expression, right, of the fact that you have too much business. Mm. Um, I think sometimes, you know, people try to get ahead of themselves and hire people and then go figure out, okay, shoot, which lead generation system am I going to use to feed these people? Um, and it should, it should be the other way around. But um, yeah, so, so that's, I think, one thing that really having a concerted focus on lead generation um, is really helpful. And the second thing is, is just tracking numbers. I mean, even if you're a, a newer agent and you're just doing a handful of deals a year, having your goals, knowing, you know, okay, I want to do 12 transactions. Well, to do 12 transactions, if I got six buyers and six sellers, how many sellers am I going to have to meet with this year? And then in order to do that, how many appointments am I have to, going to have to go on? The numbers are all there. There's so much information and data um, out there around it. And we have a great um, tool, business planning tool or spreadsheet that I can share with any of the listeners, um, you know, through, through our group. If you choose to, to visit us, uh, it's B. I got to get back to you on that. I got to make sure I'll right. <laughs> 
Um, we, can, we can include the link later, so you can send cool. it to me, and I'll put it in the show notes. Cool, cool. Yeah, so they can they can they can hit our blog, and and we can share the business planning um, the business planning tool. But yeah, it's the clear. You know, it's just you got to know what your how many leads do you need to generate, how many people you need to talk to, and how many appointments you need to go on. Um, and running a business by the numbers become makes it predictable, so you don't necessarily have to have a career in real estate that goes like that. Right. And um, yeah, so. That's awesome. So a lot of it, like a lot of that's in the, in the, what you called the red book in the millionaire real estate. Real estate agent. Agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, another thing that you mentioned, um, one of the things that I had asked you beforehand was something that you're really passionate about talking to others about. And this is another one I'm really excited to get your feedback on. Um, and you said that one of the things that you really like to impart onto other agents is that it's important to understand what the real estate teams and brokers brokerages of the future will look like. And you added some information, but I would like to hear it right from yourself. What do you think? Sure. sure. So this is, um, <clears throat> I think we're, we're definitely at a turning point in what the industry of real estate is and will look like, um, you know, in the near to long-term future. Um, you know, for, for a long time, we've, We've had, you know, technology coming in to try to make real estate better. And the first major player that arrived on the scene was Zillow. And people didn't know, was it a friend or foe? Um, you know, for, for actually, quite honestly, for the longest time, I was kind of like this with Zillow. I was like, I don't really like what they're doing. They're taking my listings and selling the you know, leads to other people. And But again, I'm a person that um, I'll look and see what's happening. And I think success leaves clues. So I saw other people using Zillow to their advantage. and. And I went and talked to him and said, hey, what are you doing? And how are you doing it? Um, <clears throat> and just modeled that success. And we, we very successfully leveraged what Zillow has done to really be a growth engine for us. Um, specifically, it helped us really kind of go from that like 60 deals a year to, um, you know, to where we are currently in just a couple of years time to go to 60 to 130 transactions a year. Uh, and gave us more reach into higher price points. So the leads were more expensive. Um, certainly, but we found a way to be really efficient with them and work the referrals that came out of them. So Zillow was the first one that really came um, on the scene, but, you know, we, we have them now, a bunch of technology that's been coming in to try to, you know, take out the agent. What will Uber for real estate look like? What I know for sure in studying the industry is over $7 billion has been deployed into real estate and real estate tech in the last like 24 months. Mm. Um, up, up, like in the whole seven or eight years prior to that, like $2 billion was deployed over seven or eight years. And now we've had like $6 billion in the last 18 to 24 months that's been poured in. To give people an idea how much money that is, the market cap uh, or value of the largest real estate company in the world <clears throat> today is Relogy NRT, right? So they own Sotheby's, Century 21, Coldwell Banker, um, a conglomeration of like seven or eight brands. That company's valued at just under $3 billion. So like twice the amount of money of the value that company's been put in to try to, most of it to try to minimize or disrupt the agent, right? So it's like, how are they going to either take us out? Um, and, you know, some of it's gaining, gaining traction. I think that there's a real decision for people to make about where they want to place themselves, what I'll call the playing field. Um, uh, I came back from an event in Palm Springs about a month and a half ago called Inman Disconnect. Wasn't their usual seminar event. It was an invite only event with like the top hundred uh, brokerage owners for the big brokerages. Um, 
real estate tech company founders and venture capital group groups. And they were all, it was a conversation about like, where do we think real estate's going? What's happening with all this money and what does the consumer really want? What we know for sure, like if you look at any industry that's been disrupted, whoever gets it right for the consumer and the customer is the one who's going to come out on top, right? Like whoever delivers the best experience for the lowest amount of money is going to be the one that's, that's there. And so the players are on the field right now. Um, and I would say the players, what we talked about in this discussion, the big ones that are, are here to stay are Redfin, um, Open Door, uh, now Open Listing, which is their kind of buyer side thing. Uh, and, and as we talked about this, it looks like Redfin is gaining market share. Um, you know, they have salaried agents. Some of people would argue they're not the best agents. Um, but you know what? Like there's a certain percentage of the market that will want to shop at Walmart. Like people are going to want a discount. And as it plays out in form, it looks like most of those people are going to be concentrated in the median price point and below. Um, same thing with offer pad and, um, open door, these I buyers where they'll come in and they'll just make you an offer on your house and charge you an 80% fee instead of a 6% commission. But Hey, you get a check in 14 days mm. about, you know, maybe up to 20% of, uh, buyers or sellers may elect for that option. Um, so, so again, we'll see that probably more concentrated in the median price point and below the big player in the upper end is compass. Um, compass as you've seen in the news, like these guys are buying luxury brokerages all across the country and consolidating them, kind of mashing them all together under one name. Um, and yeah, the profile of the compass agents typically is, you know, they, they, uh, they're agents that do five to 15 transactions a year, mostly have like a country club, um, Rolodex, um, or sphere of influence. And that's, that's kind of where that business probably will be concentrated. So most of it in the upper end, when we look at the market, if we were looking at the low end of the market and the upper end of the market. So really then what happens is what's, what's going to be middle around this median price point. And what, from what we can see, there's a lot of fragmentation there, right? There's all these different brokerages, all these different brands, but the one thing that's, that you can't, you can't avoid noticing is that there is a consolidation um, in, with the, what we call the front end of real estate. Um, and that is where consumers' eyeballs start when people go to start looking for real estate, whether they're buying or selling. And that's Zillow is one of them. Realtor.com is the other. Um, and there's a new player that's emerging called Homelight. Mm. And interesting thing about Zillow, I'm, I'm a member of their advisory board. So there's about 20 of us. And I took the role when I was offered because I wanted to have some um, visibility to be able to see, like, what are these guys doing? And how is it going to affect what, what, what happens for us? So um, some of the takeaways from what they've shared is of the 5 million real estate transactions that took place in 2018... 4 million of those people went to Zillow at least some point in the process. So they, about 80% of consumers actually, they'll go get on Zillow at some point, whether they're looking at their home value or their homes. 1 million of the 5 million people actually transacted with uh, an agent that was on Zillow. Maybe they bought leads from Zillow. Maybe they didn't. They just had their profile on there. But about, so that's about 20% of the market connected to an agent through Zillow. Um, what they also know, you know, we all know Zillow sells leads and that's what a lot of agents um, do as a source of business. Um, their conversion rate for all the leads that they generate across the country from unique visitors to a closed transaction is about two and a half percent. 
their best teams, um, their best part, you know, their best advertisers that most of them run teams are converting at a rate of about six to 8%, meaning about six to eight of every hundred people that come through end up purchasing or selling through them. So Zillow is going to do the same thing that realtor.com is doing now. They're going to take a page out of those guys book and recognize, well, we'd probably better off instead of just selling leads to a bunch of agents and some do great and some don't do great. Let's, um, let's put these out on a referral fee and then just give them to the agents, only the agents that really can convert really well. So what you're going to see um, is that these companies like realtor.com, Zillow and home light are going to be, are going to uh, be like a wedge in the market. They're going to consolidate all this volume of, of business that's coming through as leads and inquiries and things now that are kind of getting scattered to all these agents um, at different, different companies and different things to really just the best agents. Um, Zillow's objective is to take over from you know, 70,000 advertisers to 7,000 partners um, in the marketplace. So I think you're going to see, um, given that, if Zillow doubles the amount of business that they go from 1 million transactions out of the five to two, that means they'll con- not control, but they'll influence 40% of the business in the marketplace. And they're going to want to drive that into the, to the hands of the best agents. So I think we're going to see competition um, increase uh, across the board there. And it, I think it's a healthy thing. It's really going to reward people who are, um, it's going to reward people who are committed to the business and really committed to being real professionals in the industry and it's going to make it very difficult for, for, for part-time people because although, you know, a, a good amount of part-time agents right now service a lot of that business through their sphere of influence, chances are if their sphere of influence were to meet with them and to meet with like a really great um, real estate agent that's a true consultant and a, a fiduciary, uh, you know, there's a good chance they might prefer to work with a real professional as opposed to their, just their acquaintance or their friend, right? Because they're like, like I said early on, being able to articulate the difference that we bring um, will we'll probably weigh out over, over relationship when, in such an important decision. So I think the choice for people is really like, where do you want to be on the playing field? You know, do you want the certainty of being a salary agent and maybe a corporate model like, you know, Redfin could be good for you or, um, you know, teams are also a great option for people. Um, I know, they were saying, reading some stats, like five years ago, only 10% of people in the industry were on teams. And now that number is high as, I think it's close to 40% oh, wow. of all real estate agents are either on a team or run a team or, you know, um, so it's a lot, a lot higher. I think that's necessary for where we're, where we're going because the consumers are going to want to have that instant on-demand experience. And it's just hard for a solo agent to, to deliver that. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, like, honestly, I... I wish we had like three hours. So you could just tell me the rest of everything that you find out, and, you know, the direction, cause it's really, really interesting. And I agree. I think it's really important that people understand that because um, the game, the game constantly changes. And this is a pretty significant shift that we've all been seeing coming down the pike, but um, you know, you're right. It, they consolidate and then, you know, but there, it also creates a lot of different opportunities. So people who are paying oh. attention, they can, optimize the moment and kind of grab on and cut ahead. Absolutely. I mean, we see what's happening. And quite honestly, um, Stephanie, as I was, 
you know, I, if you, you and I had talked a year ago, I'd have been pretty anxious about, man, I'm, I'm kind of unclear about where the future of real estate's going. You know, I know Zillow's doing this and Compass is starting and like the market's shifting, you know, who knows where this, this thing is going to go, but um, it, it does appear to be coming into focus and the players have clearly been established. You know, this middle part of the market we're talking about around the median, it, Zillow's broker agnostic. They don't care if you work at, you know, Intero or Keller Williams or, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, or if you're an independent, right? They, it really, uh, it really is going to come down to the agents that can deliver great service. Um, but we're going to get measured on that. Zillow's, you know, they're, they're the way these companies are doing it. They're measuring two things. They're measuring one, the consumers. So like how well, how responsive you are, you know, are you creating trust? Um, do you have great knowledge of the area? Um, so that was, and, that was consumer experience. That's what you just said, right? Consumer experience. Yeah. Okay. So they have a consumer experience score that they are, um, so it's not, not reviews because what Zillow said is, you know, up until now, we've kind of had a testimonial platform for you guys to broadcast your reviews, you know, and let people say, hey, look how great I am. She goes, now we're actually going to, we're going to measure how well you're performing by asking the consumer directly. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that. And, and then they're going to, that's one thing, consumer experience. The second is conversion. You know, if we send you 20 referrals, how many of those do you end up really helping buy or sell? And so um, it's really going to level the playing field and raise the bar, I think, for everyone. And I think it's an exciting time. There's an opportunity yeah. for people who, who are committed to the craft and this profession. And we see it as an opportunity. Um, like you know, look live, people. It's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's live. like, here it comes. Like, it. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Well, again, I could, I could like do this forever. And unfortunately, we have a finite amount of time. But I really sure. appreciate sharing that. Um, I do. Um, I just have a couple more questions, though. Again, sure. I wanted to just leave as much time as possible just to hear you out on that. It's just so fascinating. Um, but I'm going to move on. The next, it's kind of a change of gears. Um, I have a rapid fire list of questions. So sure. um, I'll keep these, sh- these answers short then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it might, you know. I might have to break my promise on timing if we don't, but, but it's also really helpful to like every agent has different tools that they use and different people that they look to and things like that. So it's always interesting to me to keep my finger on the pulse of, um, especially people like you who are really at a high level of performance and really inspiring a lot of people to hear like, what do you use and and where do you go to? So you ready? Yep. Here we go. Awesome. And then if you, if we run into any that you're like, no, I don't want to, that's a, that's a big secret. You can pass on any of them. So, okay. okay, The first thing, time blocking. Love it. (laughs) What do you use to time block? I'm glad you love it. And Google, Google calendar, Google calendar and recurring appointments. Awesome. Favorite technology. Favorite technology. Uh, I probably have to say, I mean, it sounds my iPhone. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, CRM. Boomtown. All right. Sales pipeline management. Uh, would be Boomtown and CTE as a platform for tracking uh, your activities and pipeline. It's called Commitment to Excellence. Oh, CTE. awesome. I'll have, to, I'll have to look that one up. CSU is another great one. We're considering transitioning to that. Which S- one was that? CSU, S-I-S-U dot com. CSU. Okay, awesome. Um, transaction management. Uh, we use Skyslope. Okay. Yeah. I, I love talking to you cause you're in Silicon Valley. I feel like you're like right in the heart of it. Um, <laughs> he, uh, that area in Austin are like, I always love to hear like, tell me all about the technology and the future. 
so favorite book? Uh, favorite, man, there's so many good right, ones. Right I mean, at the second. Like, yeah. I mean, for, as, for re- the must reads for real estate, I'll give three. It's like millionaire real estate agent, fanatical prospecting and miracle morning. Oh. Um, yeah. Miracle morning What's is about mir- second. Miracle What's morning is about, by Hal Elrod. It's about, um, um, his, how his life was transformed by creating a powerful morning ritual, oh, you know, nice. workout, meditation, journaling, uh, planning your day. Nice. Uh, overall mentor. Overall mentor. I got two big ones. One success based, one spiritual based. Tony Robbins um, was was instrumental in, in just helping me tremendously. And the second would be uh, my guy who helped who I learned to teach meditation with, and that's Deepak Chopra. Okay, very yeah. good. A real estate teacher or coach. Uh, Couple great ones: Lars Hedenborg of Real Estate B School, and um, Jake Hinder and Michael Reese of uh, NAEA. Okay, excellent. NAEA. Uh, favorite training resource. Favorite training resource. Training resource. I, you know, I don't know if I, I, I probably go back to the, the coaching organizations that I coached with. Um, yeah. Lars Hedenborg, Real Estate B School, and NAE. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Underrated resource in your industry. Underrated resource in my industry. That's a tough one. Like it's like who's amazing that nobody knows about or nobody. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is a technology one that's emerging. Uh, we're 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 rolling it out, but I've had really friends with teams that are seem to be having great results with it. It's a platform called Ylopo, hmm. um, social media marketing platform, former owner of Tiger Leads that was a predecessor to Boomtown created it. And uh, yeah, it's re-engaging our database well. Okay. I'm totally looking that one up. That sounds, <laughs> in fact, I already typed it into my, my search so I could look that up. But um, so, so that's it for the, for the rapid fire. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel like you'd really like to make sure that you share before we before we leave? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, no, we, we, uh, I think we, we covered a lot of ground, you know, we talked about my story. We talked about superpowers. We talked about the future of real estate and where it's going. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Very Good. good stuff. Okay. My last question, I am a huge foodie and I've not ever ended a podcast without asking this. It's one of my favorite questions. What is your favorite dish and where? Wow, that is tough. Uh, like favorite book, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was, it's a toss up. I remember when I, I had my college graduation, my parents asked me, what, what's your favorite food you're doing? I'm like, I love sushi and I love Indian food, but um yeah. Hmm. So right now, if you had a friend come in from out of town, where would you take that person? I'd probably take him to Indian food and I would take him. My favorite dish there is something called sog paneer. It's like a spinach, uh, it's a spinach. It's like a spinach curry, I guess, uh, with, with like this homemade soft cheese. Um, so where do you, where's the, what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, do you have a favorite restaurant that has yeah, that? It's called Royal Taj. Royal okay. Taj. Yeah. And, uh, okay. yeah. 
Very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brett, again, for being here. I just, sure. I think you gave some amazing takeaways, especially when it comes to the future of real estate. I think um, that's just really fascinating. I think that um, it's a really great time. I agree with you. It's a really great time to be in real estate. So thanks again. Sure. Sure. Happy to, happy to be here and contribute. Awesome. And thanks again so much to everyone for listening. And remember, the best is truly yet to come.